0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My friends, we have arrived. I think somebody actually backed into the lights back there. Since it's Passion Sunday, we don't need anything else dimming things around here, right? <laughs> We've arrived at Passion Sunday. 5th Sunday of Lent. It's on Passion Sunday that both sets the tone, but also provides a framework of meaning for the most sacred and holy week that we will ever encounter each year in our lives. Holy week, which will begin this next Palm Sunday, next Sunday, and we will journey together with our Lord. How does Passion Sunday set the tone, and what tone is it that I'm referring to? Look around all this. When you walked in, even to the narthex today, and then into the nave, and you see the sanctuary, much of the beauty that God has given His people through which to experience the wonder of His kingdom and the wonder of who He is has been covered. It's as if for a brief time. The brightness truly has been dimmed in this place. The icons of our Lord Jesus Christ. The icons of his holy mother. Of all the blessed saints. The Christus Rex. They're covered. They're now hidden from us. Even if just briefly. We'll talk about why they're hidden at this time. Here shortly. You know one of the young ladies in our parish on Thursday. Everything just had been covered. She attends our school and she saw me and she said, Father Mark, this makes me feel sad. Should I feel this way? And I thought it was the perfect response. It was the perfect response and a great question. Because the reality is, this does move us to a bit of profound sadness. The icons being covered this day through the resurrection, they set a tone of sadness as we join with our Lord to walk through the very week of His passion. That by the grace of God we experience the torture and the suffering that He self-willed to go through for each and every one of us. There must be a sadness as part of this. But sadness is not The fullness of the tone of Holy Week. Nor is it the fullness of the tone that is set on this Passion Sunday. The church has always proclaimed very loudly. That the tone and indeed the experience of God and his kingdom during Holy Week. Is this. A joyful sorrow. A joyful sorrow. Not one above the other. And different for all of us every time we journey with our Lord through Holy Week. But an ebbing and flowing of a profound sadness and sorrow. But an incredible joy. And you cannot separate them in Holy Week. Father George Kalos, one of our Orthodox priests. He wrote this. He said the Lenten season and Holy Week are always characterized by this mix of emotions. We are sorrowful for our sins, but joyful for the experience of his mercy that covers them. We are are sorrowful for his immense suffering, but joyful for the resurrection that is always attached and follows. We mourn, but we mourn with the greatest hope. So Passion Sunday is given by God to help us ready ourselves for this journey through the most sacred week of Holy Week, so that we set our souls, have them fixed upon Christ, but most importantly, so that we see Him and His work, and His finished work that He will do for us, and continues to do eternally for us because of this blessed week. We need to set our eyes and see Him clearly on the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for all of us. And today on Passion Sunday... We set that stage. Again, not just the tone, but the framework of the meaning of what Christ will do. Today we focus on two revelations for us as we prepare to walk through Holy Week. The first comes from our Gospel reading today, from the Gospel of St. John in chapter 8. The Jews and the leaders of the Jews, they really are hammering on our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, they've stooped to calling Him demon-possessed. You're possessed by a demon. You're filled with a demon. That's why you do all these things and say all these things. And so there's this back and forth dialogue. And finally, and for the first time publicly, our Lord Jesus Christ looks at all of them and he declares himself God by saying, Before Abraham was, I am. It's like a dagger to the Jews. He uses the most holy name, almost unmentionable by them, of God. He is saying that the God of Moses who met him in the burning bush, that was me. The God who delivered you, I'm your deliverer. This is the message he's saying. Equaling himself to God. And so what do the people do? They pick up stones to stone him. Why? Because by the law of God, any man that equates himself to God... Must be stoned to death by God's law. And so they pick up stones and then we hear these words. They took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Going through the midst of them and so passed by. And it's in this statement that our Lord Jesus Christ hid himself. That Christ gave wisdom that on this day on, on Passion Sunday... That as our Lord moves towards Palm Sunday and towards his passion, he is now hidden from us for a brief time. You know, I find it amazing that on this day, Christ has hidden himself. It presents one of the great paradox in our faith, and on this day particularly. Because while our Lord Jesus Christ is hidden from us physically, yet on this day we get a glimpse of one of the greatest revelations of who he is. It's as if while he's hidden, going to his passion, he reveals who he is, why he did all that he did, and for us. He wants us to see his ministry for his people eternally today, even while hidden. And so in the Gospel of St. John, they pick up stones, and Jesus, I want you to get this. This is in the temple. They pick up stones. This is a multitude of people, and he's hidden from them? This is a miracle. They couldn't touch him. We have something very happen, happen very similarly in the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 4. Earlier in our Lord Jesus Christ's ministry. When he's in his hometown of Nazareth. And the people, the Jews, his own people in his own hometown rise up against him. And they rush him out of town to the edge of a cliff. And the multitude of, of those Nazarenes are thrust upon him. And he's there at the edge of a cliff. Surrounded by him. Seeking to kill him. Rejecting him. And then they hear these words. Then passing through the midst of them. He wins his way. Impossible. In both of these situations. My friend. Those who sought to kill our Lord Jesus Christ. Simply had no power. And no authority. To accomplish the task. Why? Because that was not yet the time of his passion. It was not yet the time of the fulfillment of all things. Now what does that tell us about Jesus Christ? And what does it tell us about his heart and his disposition and his nature towards each and every one of us? It tells us this truth. No one had and has the authority to take the life of Jesus Christ. Christ Always, infinitely had the authority to lay down his life freely when he would choose to do so. For the reasons for which he would choose to do so, our Lord Jesus Christ was the only one with the authority to give up his life. St. Ambrose puts it this way. Understand that Jesus was not forced to suffer the passion of the body. It was voluntary. He was not taken by the Jews, but given by himself. Indeed, he is taken when he wants to be. He glides away when he wants to be. He is hung on the cross when he wants to be. He is not held by any when he does not wish it. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ would say this about himself. In the Gospel of St. John in chapter 10, when he would reveal himself as the good shepherd of the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Listen to his words now. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay down my life. And I have power to take it up again. Do you hear God? Christ our God. The passion of our Lord Jesus Christ was infinitely by the voluntary will of the word of God Jesus Christ. It was a will determined Even to go through such torture and suffering in order to find that which had been lost. To will that his blood be shed and poured out to save that which was broken and that which was fallen. To bring back to eternal fellowship through him, by his will to offer himself to suffering and death, back into eternal fellowship with the Father for all eternity. It was a voluntary will, my friends. And I want you to hear this. A voluntary will that chose the sufferings, the tortures, and death of the cross rather than choosing an eternity without you. What love is this? God desires us. The Jews that shouted, crucify him out loud, which we'll experience in Holy Week. They could not crucify him and kill him. They had no power and authority. Pilate, the governor of the land, with all authority in that land, even when washing his hands and handing him back to the will of the Jews, had no power, no authority to take the life of Jesus Christ. The nailers who nailed into his wrist and his feet had no power or means to kill the word of God. My friends the cross itself could not kill him. Why do we say that? Because even on the torture and agony of the cross and only when it was finished we are told that our Lord surrendered his spirit. The cross didn't take Christ, our God, wasn't helpless in the hands of killers. He was intentional being a God of mercy. For us, let that truth, as we prepare ourselves for Holy Week, let that truth direct you to the unfathomable depth of the love that God has for you, for me. That while we were absolutely and are, Absolutely, the most horrific, steeped in our frailties, weaknesses, condition of the fall, and all the blessed sins that come from us. While we were in the depth of that, it was the will of God to do this, to redeem us and bring us back to himself, to endure, for the joy set before him. The second truth of our Lord Jesus Christ that we need to see today is the results of His will. The results of His passion here on Passion Sunday. And we get this from one of the most exquisite teachings on the eternal position of Jesus Christ in the heavenlies for the sake of your soul and mine. And it comes from Hebrews in chapter 9. And I'll read to you these words and then we are going to consider this. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant by means of death. For the redemption of the the transgressions under the first covenant. That those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. To say that's a mouthful doesn't do it justice. I want you to picture something with me. Join me in this. The scene that is set in Hebrews for us is this. Because I want to show you what heaven saw all heaven and still sees today when our Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven what we're being told is he ascended in this manner that when he entered into the most holy place the eternal temple he entered in as our great high priest for all eternity and he entered in with the basin of his own shed blood. And that blood shown to the Father, this great high priest stands forever and we proclaim it every Mass as our mediator and our advocate. That because He willed the suffering to happen, that He willed to defeat death by tasting it Himself, that now He offers to God this finished work so that when everyone is baptized, the blood is poured upon them and they are cleansed of their sins. And when they dirty their white garments, And they come boldly before the throne of grace and mercy. It is endless, unlimited mercy. When someone comes truly repentant of heart, wanting to be restored, our Lord has his blood in hand. And he literally washes again and again. This is the reason he willed. So that he could be the God-man forever, flesh Completely joined to his divinity for all eternity. So that every human soul could come and approach him and be washed clean. Their burden of their conscience done away with. You know what Passion Sunday is? It's the gospel. It's the good news in Jesus Christ. And it points to his nature, who he is That brought him to do what he did. And his nature shouts at us. You are beloved of God. Come and be clean. Be washed. Be made new. And I will grant you paradise. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.